What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to today's installment of the Ox Show. Today is Wednesday, September 27th. Back at it. Yeah, live here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Lots of breakdown today. We're going to talk about week two NFL. We're going to talk about my picks that I made. We're going to talk about fantasy performers, all that good stuff. Fun week in college football we just had as well. We're going to talk about all that in this show. Not to mention, final two weeks of the regular season. We're really getting down into the stretch of the wild card races. And we're going to throw some Cubs talk in there because, you know, we always got to talk about the boys in blue. All that. And we're going to talk about my picks that I'm currently making right now for this week's confidence pool and previewing some fantasy lineups for this upcoming week. Who I like, who I don't, who's trending upward, downward, who to look out for. All that and more. A fun installment of the Ox Show starts. Let's do it right now. We are on the air. Welcome to today's installment of the Ox Show. We're going to kick the, ourselves off here with a little bit of baseball talk because best time of the year for baseball, even though my squad's not going to be riding into October, which saw a tweet this morning. It was like, because here, up here in Kenosha, the it's a little bit brisky, a little bit chilly this morning. Woke up, is about 60 degrees, which is nothing we've experienced here in the Midwest in the last couple months. I know people listening, if well, most of my listeners are from the Midwest, so they'll get what I'm saying from the Chicagoland area or wherever you're at. But if by chance this reaches anyone else who isn't from that area, they'll be like, what are you talking about? That's nice. Yeah, no, it's not nice here, especially this time of the year. I hate the cold. If anyone knows me, if you know me, I do not like the cold whatsoever. My birthday's in the winter. It's the worst. I just, I hate cold weather and I hate bad weather in general. So while this will, this would feel nice after it being in the winter, transitioning to this isn't as fun, but it does. It's the smell of Bears football in the air. It's the smell of October baseball, but this year it will not be taking place at Wrigley Field, which is, is sad. We're going to talk about the Cubs a little bit here. Just I like talking about the Cubs. I find a way to talk about the Cubs in every single show. We're going to get into that, but not having playoff baseball at Wrigley Field this year is really just going to be something that uh, I'm just not a fan of, but... We'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll go forward. It'll all be all right. So we're going to start. Let's kind of brush up, talk. Let's see divisions, where we're at right now. Uh, four teams have clinched playoff spots throughout the league. We have Milwaukee, San Fran, L.A. Dodgers, Tampa Bay Rays. Milwaukee's 9.5 up in the Central at 91-60. and 60. Dodgers are in second place in the NL West. One game back of the first place Giants at 97 and 54. San Fran's top dog in the NL West at 98 and 53. Tampa, the only American League team to clinch a playoff spot. Nobody's clinched divisions, nothing. This is just playoff spots we're talking. 94 59. I'll talk a little briefly about all four teams. Uh, Milwaukee, they're legit. It's their pitching that's going to carry them into the playoffs. They need Prime Yelich to return. But I think it's that three headed monster of Woodruff, Burns, Peralta. That really good bullpen headlined by Josh Hader. Devin Williams kind of starting to find form a little bit. It'll be interesting. They got a first-round matchup date more likely than not with Atlanta, and I think they could very well take them down in less than five games, meaning they are going to have a date in the NLCS with either San Fran or L.A. So be interesting. Their pitching is going to carry them. If they have any chance of making it and doing anything in the playoffs this year, it is from their pitching. San Fran, man, what a team – San Fran has been this season, a team that I have always been, I've just been waiting for them to fall off the wagon, and they have not. I've talked about the the veteran pitching, the veteran hitting. It's just crazy what these guys are doing. 
and they don't seem to be slowing down. So I, I'm, I'm in, I guess I, I believe in what they're doing. So San Fran, I still don't think they're going to win the division, but I'm in on them. So there's that, you know, I mean, they're, they got, they brought in Chris Bryant. They got Evan Longoria, Brandon Crawford, who just got it, who got his extension, Brandon Belt, upcoming free agents, been clubbing baseballs, Buster Posey, you know, their pitchers, Logan Webb is a dog doing their rotations of dog. Anthony Scalfani finding form. You got Alex Wood. Jose Quintana has been pitching for them. I, whether he's been doing great or not, he's on a big league roster. He's on a playoff roster, which is incredible. So there you go. I mean, San Fran, have a season. We'll see you in October. Let me talk about the Dodgers, who they're up against, so I think it's a much better team. I mean, the pitching there is just ridiculous. You got Mad Max in via trade. Kershaw's back. Bueller's an animal. You got Julio Urias. And you don't even got Dustin May, you know? It's it's all starting, though. I mean, their bullpen, Kenley's been – he's an on-and-off guy. I think come October he'll be fine. But he's going to have to find his form. And, you know, that it, it comes with, with trial and error. I mean, they've had a lot they've, – they've needed, you know, bitten by injuries every which way in their roster. They've needed – a lot of guys step up. You know, we go on their active roster right now. You got guys like Phil Bickford, Justin Bruel out of the bullpen. Uh, I like Crusader Gratoral, and I hope he sticks because that dude is nasty. Kenley Jansen, Joe Kelly's not having an awesome season, to my knowledge. Yeah, let's see. This year, oh, he's actually doing all right, but he's just been limited in work due to injuries. Corey Knable coming back injured. If that dude can stay healthy, that's huge for them. You know, they got Matt, David Price out there. Blake Trinan's been good. You know, Alex Vezia. Left-hander, minor leaguer, he's come up. He's looked real good. You know, L.A. is so good with their development and their prospect works that I'm just very, very, very impressed with these guys. And then from an offensive standpoint, I mean, bringing in Trey Turner was obviously huge, but I love their catching core. Will Smith's fantastic and that with him being a starting-type catcher, it makes Austin Barnes, you know, a guy who's great on defense. He's not an average bat. He's Austin Barnes is the perfect backup catcher, and that's what they have in him. You go offensively, Max Muncy, Albert Pujols, Manning first. Corey Seager, Trey Turner running that left side of the infield. It's really incredible to see what they can do. And I think either one of those teams out of the NOS has a true shot of winning just the NL pennant in general. I think the NL pennant runs through the NOS no matter which way you look at it. They're the top two teams in the National League West. I don't see anyone topping them. Atlanta's got a fun little squad. You know, they're three out of first place right now. But is it sustained? That's the thing with Atlanta. They're winning the NL East because it is by far the worst division in baseball. And I think you got to kind of keep that in mind. But guys like Ian Anderson, Max Freed, you know, the guys carry the rotation. Charlie Morton, who got his extension, 37 years old, still out there slinging it. You know, Richard Rodriguez, Will Smith out of the bullpen. You know, it's just guys that are piecing, piecing it. They're, they're just doing it at the right time. You know, the New York Mets were that team. And when they were in first place, you know, they're carried by just a few guys. And you're like, I don't know. The New York Mets, I never thought the New York Mets were a very good baseball team. You know, just put that out there. I mean, they're getting dogged by Boston right now, 11-2 in the sixth. You know, I like the Boston team a lot. You know, we haven't even talked about the American League wildcard race, which is absolutely nuts at this point. But, I mean, I truly just believe it'll be NL West heavy driven out of the wild card or out of the pennant, I should say. Now, you look we'll, – we'll dive into the wild card a little bit now because – Tampa Bay, I mean, they're Tampa Bay. They're the best team in the American League. Only team that's going to the spot so far. you got to buy into what they're doing. And, you know, Kevin Cash is trying to come back for his crown from last year. You know, he's a great manager. And, you know, making that one poor decision in the World Series, you know, that really gets to you. So that's the direction he's going to have to be going. And then we look, AL wild card. It is 
heavy with the AL East. Boston is now two games up. A team they were last week, they were just out of it. Now they're two games up holding the top spot. New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays tied for the second spot. And then Oakland, Seattle, both two and a half out following. This is an AL East wild card matchup. There will not be two team there will not be another team from any other division. There are going to be three teams in the AL East that make the playoffs. The question is, is going to be determined these last two weeks. Who is going to be the team that is out? Who's going to be the team that doesn't make it? You know, that's that's the true question, and that's what we look at going forward. I, I mean, I'd have to, I'm going to have to look at schedules. I'm serious. It's going to come down to scheduling at this point. And I'm going to try. I'm. This is impromptu, going through the schedules of these teams, see what they have left. Yankees have Boston and Toronto and Tampa Bay. That's tough. That's a lot to go through. And then we look at that's all division, and those are the three teams. Tampa Bay's in. You know, that's a playoff team. You look at Boston. They're currently playing the Mets and taking care of business. They go Yankees, Baltimore, Washington. That's a great schedule. Based on that schedule, Boston's in the playoffs, in my opinion. So it's. I think Boston's on locks. Whether they're no matter where they're at, and I don't think it matters where you're at at this point. They're in. You go to let's see, Toronto. Minnesota for four, the Yankees. That's the big series. The series that determines this whole thing, now looking at it, it's from the 28th through the 30th, next week, midweek, next week. Game two of this series will be going on exactly a week from now. Yankees, Blue Jays, whoever wins that series has that other rock card spot with Boston because it ends with Toronto playing Baltimore, and you know they're going to take care of business in that respect. So Boston in. Locked, for sure. They're in. Toronto versus New York for that second spot. Just in the game. I don't know who's doing what, but that's that. It's a very exciting race that's coming down to. NL wild card. How about the St. Louis Cardinals? I hate them to death because they're the rival. Ten straight wins. Four games up on Cincinnati's second wild card. They look like they're about to lock that up. Now, I don't know how much it matters because I don't think, whether it's San Fran, whether it's LA, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to, I don't think they're going to do it. If I'm being quite honest with you, it's cool. It's a cool story. Making the playoffs. I mean, yeah, it's this position you want to be in. You want to compete. Having guys like Arenado, Goldschmidt, but not having Jack Flaherty. They didn't have Jack Flaherty this year, and here we are. You no, know, it's crazy. But I think the guy who's, I mean, the rotation's being carried by 40 year old Adam Wainwright. That, that battery of Molina and Wainwright is going to be the battery that will start in the wild card game. They could get lucky. That's the best part about a wild card game. It's a one game play in. Wainwright could absolutely ball out, throw eight shutout innings. Alex Reyes, or I mean Giovanni Gallegos, the hottest relieving that bullpen, come in, throw the ninth, and boom, they win a one nothing ball game. Whoa, what happened? Cardinals just beat the Giants or Dodgers? What? Yeah, beauty of playoff baseball, man. But I mean, if we're talking which wildcard team, so say we got Dodgers, or say one of the two NLS teams with St. Louis, and then Boston slash. New York, Toronto, which team could win it all? It's whatever NL West team. And a wildcard team could win it if it's one of those two NL West teams. So, they got Jack Flaherty. He's set to return, apparently. Supposedly. But would you even want him starting in that in that game, in that wildcard game? You know, I, I would start Wainwright. You know, he's been the, he's been the guy all season. It's crazy. I don't know. That'll be a tough choice. But that's a decision they want to make because they want to be in that in that spot. So, I mean, nonetheless, man, that's it's a tough decision for them to make. I mean, as of right now, we're sitting 
Atlanta went in the East, Milwaukee went in the Central, San Fran went in the West for the NL with Dodgers as the top seed. St. Louis is number two seed at the wildcard spot. And then we're looking Tampa, White Sox, Astros, the division winners with Boston slash New York and Toronto. Now, I can't make any predictions yet. That'll be for the, that'll be the big prediction show. But be very excited. Playoff baseball down the stretch. It'll be a fun couple of weeks here. So let's dive into some Cubs talk while we're, while we're at it. Currently, Minnesota uh, lost last night, currently down 4-2. to two. Really cool to see Trace Thompson in the lineup. He's been playing the outfield the last couple of days. He's got a couple bombs, too. So it's cool to see, you know, when we're in positions like this, see guys like Trace Thompson just, you know, playing, getting reps. It'll be cool to remember these guys when we're, we're relevant and good again. But, I mean, okay, let's kind of look at it next season, you know, who we want to bring back. You know, I saw, read an article, read a tweet. Uh, Kevin Mata, big-time shortstop prospect down in Myrtle Beach, was uh, when being interviewed, he's like, yeah, he goes, we don't need to sign any of those big-time shortstop prospects. We got enough. You know, we got enough guys down here. So that's bold. I like it, but it's a little bold. I mean, it's, it's just tough. You know, you want to have as many many pieces to the puzzle as possible. You look at the farm system, you know, 17-year-old Christian Hernandez, big-time shortstop prospect. He's not going to be up until 2025, you know, baby A-Rod. You got Ed Howard, uh, Reginald Presaido, shortstop third baseman. Uh, James Trantos, 18-year-old kid who's been tearing it up in rookie ball, another shortstop. But the best part about shortstops is the most athletic guys. They can play anywhere in the field. And you got Kevin Made at A-ball right now. You know, man, the list goes on and on. I could keep talking about shortstops that the Cubs have. It, it's awesome. It's truly awesome to see what we have. And it's good to see how much depth that is in this farm system. But to come out and say, oh, yeah, we don't need a shortstop. Ah, I don't know, man. Slow your roll. You know? You know, we're, we're going to have to see there. You know, it's not just a uh, it's not just an automatic. Yeah, we don't need to sign anyone. I don't know, man. You know, we got to wait. Wait and see. But it's nice to see that attitude. Um, next season for the Cubs, based on the roster, just, just right now in general, I'll go through. I'll see. What guys do I see coming back? I want Azale back. You know, he's out, he's pitching right now. You know, he's out of the bullpen. I like that. You know, I want him back. Um. Scott F. Ross, you know, an Iowa guy. He'll compete for a pen spot in camp. Hendricks will be back. Hoyer will be back. I hope to God Trevor McGill's not back. Alec Mills will be back. Uh, Nance, Rutger. Adrian Sampson's pitched real well. It's a guy they don't talk about a lot. Even if it's a couple innings at a time, three innings at a time, or if he actually makes a start, he doesn't seem to, you know, go out there and fall flat on his face. So that's a guy I would definitely consider inviting back to camp next year. Justin Steele will be back. Keegan Thompson will be back. Rowan Wicks. There's a lot of arms right there. I mean, I know this team's not going to be competitive next year. But there's, there, I'm hoping there's just got to be a product to put out on the field. You know, behind the plate, Contreras better get an extension done. He better be the first domino to, to start attracting free agents. I know Made and the shorts are like, oh, we don't need shorts up. Well, we need something, man. We got to make a splash. Otherwise, no butts are going to be in the seats next year. And that's not what the Ricketts family wants. Like Contreras behind the plate. Honestly, I'm cool with bringing back a guy like Robinson Chirinos as his backup. Just a veteran. Just the guy who can get in there and play once a week, give Wilson a chance to catch his breath. You know, anything else is a bonus. Uh, currently rostered infielders, Schwindel, Frank the Tank. He's been awesome. Better be back on the roster next year. Bodie will be back. Horner will be back. Wisdom will be back. Duffy, I don't know. He's been kind of playing well in the last month. Still not a huge fan of the guy. But if he, it's a nice, cheap veteran deal, yeah, sure. I'll bring him back. Sergio Alcantara, sure. I mean, I like all the infielders on the roster right now for a next year type thing. Not competing, but for next year, yeah, I like all of them. Outfielding, Ian Happ, sure. Ortega, sure. Nick Martini, no chance. Trace Thompson, maybe. I don't know. It's a small sample size right now out of him, so I really don't know. 
But then looking at just guys who are hurt, Michael Hermosillo definitely deserves a shot out of camp, as does Greg Dykeman. Uh, Hayward will obviously be on the team next year, sadly. And then Neufield will have Nick Madrigal next year, which is awesome. And Alfonso Rivas, that is a guy I want to see in uniform, full season next year. You know, He's been playing a little corner outfield as of late, ever since getting pulled up. He got pulled up right for the Minnesota series where Schwindel and him were able to platoon at first in DH. We don't know. There might be a DH next year, which would be which makes Alfonso Rivas' roster case that much better. But even if there is no DH next year, he proves he can play left and right field, and he's a left-handed hitting first baseman. Yes, make the team. You know, we're not in the position to compete next year. We just want to give guys shots, see what we got here. So for ready moving forward, 2024, 2025 is when we're going to start to flip that switch, get going into the competitive nature of things. I like that a lot. So it's a little Cubs, two a uh, couple cents here in the take. Um, that quote from Made inspired the talk there, so. We'll keep obviously monitoring prospects as we go along. My, most minor league seasons are, are kind of done. So, but still, we'll have prospect talk. You know, not gonna love baseball. Always gonna talk about it. So, yeah, that's where we're at there. So, fun baseball talk for the week, little segment. Let's go to college football. It's an awesome week in college football. A lot of great games. You know, we'll start, we'll do some top 25, you know, breakdowns. You know, Alabama went to the swamp. Only came out with a two-point win to not cover that spread. Bryce Young looked fantastic down the stretch as a, a guy, first-year starter, sophomore. You know, he was able to handle adversity on the road. Guys team to victory. He's 22 for 35 in the air, 240 yards, three touchdowns. I think the thing with Bama, though, I don't think they were able to truly establish a run, a run game here. And they really weren't. 28 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown amongst all runners. I mean, Brian Robinson, Jr., 15 carries, 78 yards, and then Jason McClanahan, 9 carries, 17 yards. So not much not much ground and pound action going on. And I don't know, it was just kind of what it was. Emory Jones, not super impressed with that dude as Florida's quarterback. I know they had Anthony Richardson, a youngin, as his backup, but they got might want to consider him. You know, Jones, 18, 28, 195 yards, didn't even throw a touchdown, you know, threw a pick. They had four touchdowns on the ground. That's what kept Florida in this game was their ground and pound. So not a, not a great defensive showing, but terrible passing showing just from Avery Jones in general. But Bama able to come out of the swamp alive. They're 3-0, and they got a cakewalk game this week, I do believe. So just going down the, the top 25, see who played who and all that, that great stuff. Uh, Georgia blew out South Carolina. No shock. Oklahoma only beat the Sooners by, by eight. And that, you know, makes you – there's seven. It makes you only beat them by a touchdown. It makes you sit there and go, is this – this OU team is not legit. I don't know, man. Spencer Rattler? I, don't know, I will say DJ Graham, insane interception, that one-handed pick. If you haven't checked it out, go do it. Go look it up. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Rattler, 24-34, 214 yards, touchdown, 79 QBR. Just very average game. They had two touchdowns on the ground from Kennedy Brooks. Rattler ran one in as well, six carries, 35 yards. Nothing crazy. They just don't score a lot, and that's not like Oklahoma. They're usually a no-defense, all-offense type team, and it seems to kind of flip the role this year. When they have a guy coming in that you're supposed to be a Heisman-like candidate, you go, well, that makes no sense. Yeah, I know. Makes absolutely zero sense. So we'll see going forward with Oklahoma. Oregon blew out Stony Brook. It's the number four team in the country. Oregon, get going. Uh, Iowa took care of Penn Kent State. Clemson, Georgia Tech. Man, what is going on with DJ Ugalele? 14 to 8, the final. Clemson can't score. I think this dynasty that Dabo Sweeney's had and his luck on quarterbacks with Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant, you're in there too. 
He put all he put all his eggs in the DJ basket. It's just not working out, man. They can't score. That's not a good thing, man. I know Clemson always has a great defense, but they got to be able to score a little bit. Will Shipley is absolutely carrying this team on offense. This game, 21 carries, 88 yards. He had both touchdowns. Now, Jordan Yates, the Georgia Tech quarterback, looked better than DJ did. DJ, 18 to 25 in the air, 126 yards, 46 QBR. What is that? That's not – for a top top 10 team in the country and Clemson of all teams, that's not, that's not what you want out of your quarterback. And I guarantee that, too. Not good showing from Clemson. We'll have to see if they'll bounce back this week. They play NC State, I do believe. Uh, A&M skunked New Mexico, 34-0. Cincy-Indiana, great game. Indiana, unranked against 8th Cincinnati. at On the road, Cincinnati went. Uh, great start. Indiana got off to a great start in this game. They were up 14-7 at half, 14-0 in the second quarter. Desmond Ritter's a dog, though, man. Let me tell you, that dude is something. Dude can absolutely ball. 20-36 touchdown interception. He was just able to make plays. He had 10 carries on the ground, 45 yards and a touchdown. Able to make plays. Jerome Ford liked that guy a lot. 20 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Really helped them down the stretch with chewing clock. That ended up being the difference at the end of the day. Michael Penix Jr., man. What's going on with this guy? Was this Indiana team a fluke? I definitely, they, it's a, they're definitely showing it right now, man. I get Cincinnati's a good team, but Michael Penix Jr. has not played well at all this year. 17 to 40, 224 yards, two tutties, three picks, man. I don't know. Since he walks out with a victory. Um, Ohio State uh, took care of Tulsa, 41 20. Penn State Auburn, the whiteout game. Big 10 bringing one home, 28 20. Sean Clifford, 28 of 32. Fantastic game for Sean Clifford. Proving everyone wrong. 280 yards, two touchdowns. Going to work. Getting that Big Ten victory. Bo Nix, 21-37, yards. No touchdowns, no nothing. This Auburn offense was carried by Tank Bigsby. 23 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. This Penn State team, man, watch out. They're ranked sixth in the country now, man. Watch out for these guys. We got Notre Dame taking down Purdue at home. UCLA, the 13th team in the country. Fresno State, I'm telling you, they don't mess around. Jake Hayner. 39 of 53, 455 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Ronnie Rivers on the ground, 21 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Cropper, 14 catches, 141 yards in a touchdown. This Fresno State team is legit. They could hang with the big boys. They proved it when they were they played Oregon. They're proving it now against taking down the number 13 team in the country late night on Saturday. Not a lot of people watched it. It's a good game, man. Seriously. UCLA, a team that had done so well taking down LSU. You know, doing their job, taking down Hawaii. You know, it's a tough loss, tough pill for them to swallow for a team that was building up this morale, but they're, they're only going to bounce back stronger. Iowa State taking down UNLV 48-3. to An insane game here. Number 15, Virginia Tech falls to West Virginia on the road. West Virginia was up big late. Virginia Tech makes a comeback. Fourth and goal near the goal line. Game-ending pick. So down goes Virginia Tech. They've been playing a good brand of football. But the thing with Virginia Tech, they're not an offensive team. When they took down UNC week one, yeah, they allowed 10 points to Sam Howell, which is awesome. They only scored 17, though. I say only because in college football, you score a lot of points. No, that's not it. So big win there for West Virginia. That's a statement win. That might be their win of the year, just in general. I'm, I'm telling you that now because while they are 2-1, and one, I mean – they probably don't – they're not going to go anywhere or do anything. They'll make a bowl game for sure, but that's probably their regular season win of the year, and that's what's going to make their case for a bowl season. Uh, 16 Coastal Carolina goes to Buffalo on the road. 
Walks out, sneaks out with the W, 28-25. That match should almost caught up to the Shauna Clears. Close, but no cigar for Buffalo. Uh, Ole Miss clobbers two lanes, 61-21. Enough, there, enough said there. Matt Corral, 23-31, 335 yards, three touchdowns. Might be the most talented quarterback in the SEC. Leave that up for debate. Bryce Young's playing well, but I don't know, man. Matt Corral, he's got that veteran presence. He's had more than one year starting under his belt. That Ole Miss team's looking nice, man. 17th ranked team in the country. As of last week, you know, we're going to talk this week, too. Could have gone up. I don't know. I haven't really seen the rankings. Uh, Jerry on Ely, two-way, shout-out, baseball guy. Uh, he's a baseball, yeah, baseball guy there. 15 carries, 103 yards on the ground. You know, representing that double-sport athlete. Uh, next game, 19 Arizona State, 23 BYU. BYU, I called this. I had this predicted. 27-17 victory at home, taking care of business, covering a plus-three spread. I like this BYU team. Arizona State, I wasn't sure. You know, they – they played two pretty cakewalk-like opponents in the first couple weeks. So, you know, you didn't really have a feel for them. BYU's played proven teams. They played Utah, 21-ranked Utah, when they were unranked the week before. They took care of them. BYU's legit. They're here, man. They're ranked, and they're going to stay ranked. Uh, Arkansas, 45-10 over George Southern. High-scoring affair with North Carolina. Games that we're used to seeing out of them. 59-39, the final Sam Howell taking care of business. On the ground, though, Ty Chandler, 20 carries, 198 yards, two touchdowns. Woo! Josh Downs, eight catches, 203 yards, two touchdowns. Woo! Big time. My favorite game of the week is a Michigan State fan, though. The Spartans, unranked. Now they're ranked 20th in the country. Going on the road to Miami. Miami's not a good football team. 38-17 the final. The defense stepped up. Kenneth Walker, 27 carries, 172 yards. The sophomore, Peyton Thorne out of Naperville Central, 18 tosses for 30, uh, 18 to 31, four touchdowns, 261 yards. Animal-like mentality. Jalen Naylor, four grabs, 82 yards, two touchdowns. Jaden Reed, three grabs, 32 yards, on touchdown. That Reed-Thorne connection from high school. I love this Michigan State team. A little biased. Love them, though. They're underrated. They got Nebraska next week. Go green. In the last game of the ranked squads, Michigan-Northern Illinois, 63-10. Michigan takes it. Let's see if we missed any other big games. I like going through the rank because, I mean, yeah, we're talking about the 25 most relevant teams in college football. I feel like that's the type of breakdown you like to see. That's just really about it for the week. So fun college football. Let's look at the big matchups this week. And I'm going to – let's look at some top 25 matchups because those you want, you want to talk about the best of the best. And I think the game of the week – it's already at 11 a.m. at Soldier Field, Chicago, Illinois, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, six-and-a-half-point favorites. We're facing Jack Cohen. This is a revenge game for Jack Cohen, even though he got hurt. It's a revenge game. I don't know why Wisconsin's fair by six-and-a-half points. Am I missing something? I, I, I think I might be missing something. Give me Notre Dame. Give me the points, man. I like Notre Dame to win this game. Even though it's considered a home game for Wisconsin, Jack Cohen's going to have that chip on his shoulder. Give a demon-like mentality. It's a revenge game for Jack Cohen. I got Notre Dame winning. Uh, any other big, ooh, Texas A&M, 7th ranked Texas A&M at 16th ranked Arkansas A&M. Watch out for Arkansas, man. K.J. Jefferson really can sling it for them. But Isaiah Spiller is arguably the best running back in the SEC. That should be a good game, 230 Central at Arlington Stadium in Arlington, Texas. I'm going to take the Aggies, but I'm not super confident in that pick, if that makes sense. Uh, Clemson's down to 9. They're playing NC State 10-point favorites. Don't be surprised if NC State can somehow cover that, man. Seriously. I don't buy DJ and what they're doing. Florida hosts Tennessee. Bama's got their Southern Miss cakewalk. Hey, man, Oklahoma's hosting Virginia, West Virginia. West Virginia, this could be their, their new big win. If they were able to take down Virginia Tech and Oklahoma back-to-back weeks, don't be surprised. 
We'll see what Oklahoma's got. This is going to be a big test for them. Their first true test. I know they've played. They only beat Nebraska by seven. They beat Tulane by five. This is the test for Oklahoma right here. Let's see them go get it. Any other big ones? Oregon's up to third. Now they're hosting Arizona, which is absolutely terrible. Shout out my boy Frank, who goes to Arizona, one of my best friends. And they lost to Northern Arizona University, NAU, last week. It's a tough one for them. BYU up to 15th. They're hosting South Florida. Game that I'm going to have my eyes on. 20th ranked Michigan State hosting Nebraska. Five-point favorite for Michigan. All over that. They're at home, too. In East Lansing at Spartan Stadium. 6 p.m. under the lights. Go green. That's all I got to say. It's your big, big pickup for college football. Penn State now 6th ranked. They're hosting Villanova. It should Absolutely slaughter the Wildcats. Second-ranked Georgia hosting Vanderbilt. That one's going to be quite ugly as well. So those main games to look out for, though, Notre Dame-Wisconsin in the early. That's probably going to be the game of the week, but look out for that. A&M versus Arkansas in mid-afternoon. That should be a good one as well. There's not really any big-time night games. Oklahoma, West Virginia for sure, that one. Uh, North Carolina, 21. They, they go on the road to Georgia Tech. And, I mean, a little biased, but Michigan State, that one should be fun as well. So. Fun little schedule here for college football coming up this weekend. LSU's got Mississippi State and unranked SEC action at 11. Central, these are all central time for people wondering. Iowa State Baylor at 2.30 central. Should be a good one. Yeah. Oh, good week of college football ahead. Like like the games on the, the slate here. Make sure to actually watch the college football when I tell you guys to watch the college football, though. I know I always say it. Give it some love, man. It's when it's the most purest form of competitive football. So, that should be fun. All right, let's look at last week's NFL predictions. We're going to take a little little turn now. NFL is fun last week. I went in my pool. I only got four games wrong, but they were four big ones points-wise. I got Washington over the Giants for two. Bills over the Dolphins for five. Got that. I had the Bears for one over the Bengals. Got that. Broncos for six over the Jags. I should put way more points on the Broncos. I got that. Browns for 15 against Houston. Got that. I lost 12 on the Steelers. I picked them over the Raiders. 10 on the Rams over the Colts. Got that. Nine on the Pats over the Jets. Got that. I lost 13 on the Saints over the Panthers. Panthers look like a dang good football team right now. I'll just say that. I got Niners for seven. That hit over the Eagles. Uh, Bucks for 16 over the Falcons. That was good. Cardinals for eight over the Vikings. That was good. Shout out Greg Joseph. Uh, Cowboys for four over the Chargers. Got that. Greg Zerline, big boot to end it. I lost three on the Seahawks versus Tennessee. That was an awesome football game. Derrick Henry's an absolute monster fantasy stud. We'll get into that in a little bit. Game of the week, though, 36-35 Ravens over the Chiefs. I lost 11 on the Chiefs for that. And then a snooze fest for Monday night, 35-17 Packers over the Lions. I got 14 from the Packers. Uh, takeaways from each game, uh, just what I can from games that I watched. Uh, Washington, that was an awesome game. Penalty really helped them out. Like Taylor Heineke. However, they got a tough task in the Bills this week, so that one will be tough. Uh, Bills skunking the Dolphins 35 nothing. I mean, partially had to do with Tua getting hurt, but also the Bills have a great defense. Miami doesn't have an awesome offense to begin with, let alone where they don't have Tua under center. They will not have him under center this week, so that's going to be crucial. Bears over the Bengals, 2017. Let's do some Bears talk real quick. Uh, Andy Dalton looked good until he got hurt. He looked good. I have not been disappointed with this play so far. Jay Fields stepped in. My boy Justin uh, did not look fantastic, but that's okay. You know, we're not gonna not gonna hate on him too much. He's getting the start this week though. 
all eyes will be in, on, on him in Cleveland. That's going to be awesome to watch. The defense looked fantastic. Granted, Bengals haven't got awful offensive line, but that's okay. You know, you play who's in front of you. You're going to celebrate wins against who you got. Defense being able to apply pressure. Klimak had a great game. Pick six for Roquan Smith to the house. Three straight picks on Joe Burrow. The defense is a huge game for them. Boosting the morale. Bear down. We got the Browns this Sunday. On the road, Justin Fields at quarterback. It's going to be exciting. You know, looking forward to it. Uh, Browns took care of the Texans. Texans have not looked terrible with Terod Taylor under center, but the problem is they're on tomorrow night, and he's not getting the call. So it's going to be a tough one for them to, to watch. He's been the only reason why they've been in any of these games. They beat Jacksonville because of his insanely great play, and they hung within 10 points to the Browns because of that as well. Uh, tough loss for the Steelers. This Raiders team looks like they could be something. But then again, the Raiders always look like they could be something in the first couple weeks of the season, and then here we are. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I got them over Miami this week, a little sneak peek, dude, mainly because two is not there. Uh, Rams-Colts, great game. I think the Rams are much better than just being the Colts by three. I don't know what's up with the Colts, man. I just Am I weird for not buying into them? Like, I just don't buy into what they got. I don't know. It's only two weeks in the season. The first three weeks for fantasy and NFL don't matter. Three weeks and beyond is who we find out who these teams are, both fantasy-wise and IRL-wise. 25-6, Pats over the Jets. Zach Wilson threw four picks and looked terrible. No surprise, the Jets are awful. 26-7, Panthers over Saints. How about this Panthers team? Sam Darnold looking good. Panthers defense looking good. It's a completely bipolar week from week one for Jameis and the Saints. I... They're a tough team to read and pick right now because, well, they had one game where they blew out the Packers by 30-plus, and then they get absolutely wiped by the, the Panthers for almost by almost three touchdowns. You know, you don't I don't got a good read on them right now. This game, this week against New England, that'll be a good pace setter for them. Uh, Niners, 17-11 over the Eagles. That defense looks good, man. Good-looking defense in San Fran. The offense doing just enough to get by. Buccaneers, 40 over the Falcons, 25. What do you expect? That Bucks offense is going to absolutely torch them. And eh, when you're scoring that many points, you can afford to give up 25 points to the Falcons. That's okay. They got weapons, man. Cordero Patterson is all of a sudden becoming a part of an offense, which is weird to see as a Bears fan where he was only our returner. He's catching passes out of the backfield. He's being his receiver. He's taking carries. Weird stuff, but Bucks still cover, win by 23. Vikings, Cardinals. I hate the Vikings, so this is awesome. Greg Joseph off the upright. Cardinals win. This Cardinals team. Man, this is weird. San Fran or Seattle might be the worst team in this division now this year. It's it's an absolutely loaded NFC West division. We'll get into that, though. Uh, Cowboys beat the Chargers. Greg Zerline, game-winning field goal. Enough said. Titans, Randy Bullock, game-winning field goal because of a big drive, big touchdown by Derrick Henry in the final two minutes. That's set up overtime. Titans got Titans got the ball. Or, yeah, Titans got the ball. Didn't do anything with it. Seattle didn't do anything with the ball. Titans got the ball right back. Game over. Uh, Chiefs Ravens at Clyde Edwards Alaire fumble is going to kill him. I that doesn't happen. They march down, they score, they win that game. Battle of the two best kickers in the league though, Tucker and Butker. Gotta love it. Ravens win. And then Packers Lions. Enough said. They Packers did what they had to do. So, all right, here are my picks for this week. We're going to run it down. We're starting in Houston, NRG Stadium. I made this change once I realized Davis Mills is the starter for Houston. This Carolina team looks awesome and playing against one of the worst. Rosters in the league in Houston. Houston's only fighting chance in any type of game is in Terod Taylor, who's played fantastic in the first two weeks. But it's Davis Mills this week on Thursday Night Football. I usually I try not to put any high confidence points after I saw what's happened in recent weeks, but it's a golden opportunity to get some points here. I got nine on the Panthers. 
over the Texans in Houston. Game two. At noon on Sunday, Cardinals at Jags. This is where all my marbles are going. 16 on the Cardinals. We're going big. We're going big early. Big early. Give me Kyler Murray. Give me Nuke Hopkins. Get Rondell Moore. Fantasy stud. If he's available in any of your leagues, go grab him. I was able to get him in one. Like him a lot. Falcons, Giants. Game two. I mean, it's enough said. I don't really got to say much about the Cardinals. right? Oh, I'll say something about the Jaguars. Though. Trevor Lawrence, been absolutely terrible. Two games, he's done four touchdowns, five picks. I know it's with the Jaguars. Man, what is what is going on with Lawrence? What is going on with the Jaguars? I mean, we saw Urban Meyer talking to Vic Fangio this past week. He's like, ah, oh, he has a lot of great players in this week. It's like you're playing Alabama every single week. Well, no kidding, Urban. It's the NFL. Everyone's good. Everyone's there for a reason, you know? I just don't think Urban's going to adjust. I feel like he's going to pull a Saban. He's going to call. his. He's going to retire from coaching for the NFL because of health issues the same way he did from college football. But besides the point, Cardinals, 416 on the road. I got two road dogs. Who, who, going so far this week. Falcons, Giants in MetLife. I got the Giants for four. I like this Giants team. I like them. I don't love them. Just because the Falcons are that bad. They are a bad football team. It's a battle of two not great football teams. This Giants team is due for a win, though. This tough loss against Denver and then a really, really tough loss last Thursday. Daniel Jones got his weapons. Sterling Shepard has been a fantasy stud in the past two weeks. Finally going to start him in my 12-man this week. We're going to talk about my fantasy lineups, past and present, in a minute. Giants, four points over the Falcons. Got another road dog. Ravens at Lions. Give me 15 on the Ravens. Going big, going home. The Lions are an awful football team. I think we've seen that enough. We've seen enough. I feel bad for poor Jared Goff, man. I really do. The guy is some talent. He just... Just got kicked out at the wrong time, but guy loved it. Motor City, Dan Campbell, and man, Lamar, after that big win last week, those Ravens, they're going to come in hot. Got another road dog <gasps> on the road. I got another road dog, and people are going to think I'm absolutely crazy for this. I'm putting my one fantasy point on the Bears versus the Browns. I just, just the Justin Field starts getting to me too much. So I got the Bears on the road, one point against the Browns. Will the Bears win? Probably not, but it's fun to have. And if I lose, it's only one point. Not a big deal. Got another road dog. Ooh. All right. Bengals, Steelers. Steelers for seven. The Steelers really messed me up last week. But after seeing the Bengals' performance against the Bears, I think the Steelers are bounced back. Got a bad taste in their mouths. I got seven on Pittsburgh. Enough said. I mean, I can very easily see the Bengals winning this game, but I really don't think they will. They're going on the road, too. So a, a home dog in the Steelers that we have. Titans, Colts. I went big on this one. And. I don't know. I, I, I talked earlier about how I'm not huge on the Colts. I got 11 on Tennessee in this game at home. Tannehill, Derrick Henry, their defense looks kind of okay, but kind of not at the same time. I mean, they have a lot, a lot of points in the first two weeks, but they're able to manage to get a win out of it. So I got the Titans, and I'm pretty confident. And I really do. I just don't think the Colts are, are ready yet. So 11 on the Titans. Uh, another home team here. I got the Chiefs for 14 against the Chargers. You think, oh, that's bold. That's what we did to you last week. Yeah, but the Chargers are a solid team. Yeah, they're solid. They're not terrible. But I don't know, man. I mean, Cowboys beat them last week. The Chiefs, man, that's a bad taste in their mouth. They don't really seem to lose to the Chargers too much. So I'm okay with putting 14 on Kansas City here. Patriots, Saints. This was a tough game, so I only have three points on it. Patriots are at home. I'm going to take the Patriots. They've played more consistent football than the Saints. Did the, have the Saints had a better offensive game than the Patriots? Why, yes, of course. But they also looked terrible against Carolina last week. New England's 2-0. I like the Patriots this one at home at Gillette. Belichick. The huge. Only three, though, so it won't kill me if it doesn't hit. Going with another home team. I have mostly home teams the rest of the way out. Bills, Washington. I got 12 on the Bills. 
Washington's a good football team with a good defense. But after seeing what the Bills did last week, I was like, all right. It was just a rough first week against Steelers to the Bills. They're back. They're in it. 12 on the Bills. Enough said. Raiders-Dolphins. This is a tough one. Uh, Raiders have been playing great football, but like I said earlier in the show, they always seem to play great football early, and then they fall off later and become an 8-8 eight eight team. However, that's not possible this year because we don't have, eight, don't have 16 games. I put them for 10 just because Tua is not playing. That offense is already iffy when Tua is playing, but he's not playing. It's Jacoby Brissett. So I got the Raiders. They're running the hot hand. 10 points. I'm rocking with them. Broncos, Jets. Broncos have looked fantastic these past two weeks. Granted, they've played the Jets and the Jaguars. Or if they're playing the Jets this week, the Giants and the Jaguars. But I don't care. They're able to take care of not strong opponents. The Jets are not a strong opponent. I'm taking 13 for Denver. And they're at home in Mile High Stadium. Enough said. Broncos, 13 points. We got another road dog. Seattle. In Minnesota, I just don't like the Vikings, so I'm always going to pick against them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like the Vikings, but I think Seattle can take this one. I really do. They're a talented football team. Minnesota, granted, Minnesota hasn't won a game yet, so that's going to be tough. I, 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 They're at home. I don't know. Eight points on Seattle, though, feels like the play for me. I just don't like to bet against Russell Wilson. Let Russ cook. Give him with the road dog. Who? <gasps> Bucks, Rams, another road dog. Who? <gasps> Last road dog, I promise you guys. I know some people think that's embarrassing. I don't really care. Got the Bucs for five. This will be a great game, and I think the Bucs are the better team, but when I can see other team winning when it's a good matchup, can't be can't put too many points on it. It'll probably be America's game of the week at the 325 slot. Five points, Bucs, Road Dogs over the Rams. Sunday Night Football, Niners, Packers. Don't like the Packers, and to be quite honest, they're one and one, yes. They got blown out by the Saints, and they beat the Lions this week. Congratulations. I think any team in this league can beat the Lions. Niners, on the other hand, they're playing some good football. I like that defense a lot. I got two points on them, so if they lose, it doesn't kill me. But two, Niners at home. Let's get it done. Monday Night Football, Cowboys, Eagles. I got six on the boys. I originally had nine, but I switched the Thursday as I have more confidence in the Panthers to beat the Texans with Davis Mills than I do with the Eagles and the Cowboys because these NFC Beast games, you never really know how they're going to end. So I got the Cowboys for six. They're at home. They shouldn't have an issue, but you never know. So it's the Cowboys. We'll have to see what happens there. But Yes, Dallas for six points. Those are my... Picks for the week. Let's run through my fantasy lineups last week real quick because I know everyone loves hearing about my fantasy lineups. Uh, I survived in the guillotine, so we're good there. I wasn't able to – I didn't pick up anyone with my free agent money because the bids were ridiculously high for the players that were available. Last week we had Lamar put up 34, Diggs 16, McLaurin 27, Chubb 16. I'm rounding up and down. There's decimals. I just don't want to say them. Sanders for 7, Waller for 11.5, Henderson 17.2, but he's not going to play this week, so that'll be tough. My bench, Ayuk 1.6, he's terrible, got to get him off. Cortland Sutton 24.9, and with Henderson possibly not playing this week, he might be my flex in this league. He probably will be. Good game against Jacksonville. And the way I look at it, for all you wondering, well, what do I do with Cortland Sutton? He had a bad game against the Giants, and the Giants aren't amazing. Well, they got a better secondary than Jacksonville. Look at who they're playing this week. Denver's playing the Jets, and look at week one. Jerry Judy was available in week one. He was in the game. So yeah, Sutton was competing for targets, receptions, etc. Last week, bad defense. Nobody to compete for targets other than like Tim Patrick. And obviously, Court and Sutton's the best target when Judy's not around. He might be when he is around, but they're both pretty good wide, young wide receivers. When Judy not around, Sutton's the clear top dog. They're playing the Jets this week. Start Cortland Sutton. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, 16.4. Ronald Jones, 4.6. Justin Fields, 4.5. I got Fields as a stash guy. So keep that in mind. We survive. We advance. 
Week three, current week, as of right now, I got Lamar, Diggs, McLaurin, Chubb, Sanders, Waller, and Sutton. I'm riding with Sutton in the flex. We'll see what happens. I have Henderson on my bench because he might not play, but also he's playing Tampa. And at that point, it's at RB2, Sanders against Dallas versus Henderson at Tampa. I'm going to take my chances with Miles Sanders. Let's run through my other leagues and see what we got. My six-person league last week, I'm 2-0, was able to pick up a victory last week. If I can somehow pull up the score. There we go. Kyler Murray, 33. Dalvin Cook, 16. Kamara, 7. Hopkins, 15. Ridley, 19. Andrews, 10. McLaurin, 27.7. Washington defense, 2. Jason Sanders, 0. Yeah, by the way, I hate Jason Sanders. Miami didn't score. I have him as my kicker in three leagues. You're going to find that out very shortly. I had him in the guillotine. I cut him for Matt Prater. Doing me absolutely dirty, scoring no points. Nonetheless, good week. I'm riding with the same lineup this week. Pretty much the exact same lineup. My 10 person lost in this week. For this. this is the one league I lost in. Murray for 33. Chubb, 16. Robinson, 9. James Robinson, Tyree Kill 6, CeeDee Lamb 17.4, Rob Gronkowski 19.9, Julio Jones 18.8, then Washington defense for 2 and Sanders for 0 once again. Uh, this team, Gronk's been an awesome bench pickup. He was bench week 1. Now seeing that he's actually a red zone target, I have him in two leagues. You'll see that with my 12-man. He's a go for this week. Anything else in this league that changed? No, I think I'm going to ride with Robinson. It's just tough because I have Robinson and Davis as my options for RB2, and Robinson splits carries with Hyde. And Davis with Cordero, we're going to see this week who, if any of them emerge, and that'll kind of help out my RB2 discussion. But for now, James Robinson is going to be my play. Last but not least, my 12-man. I was able to pull a win. Aaron Jones almost scared me in the final going, but here we go. Herbert for 14.7. Henry, 47.7. Robinson again for 9.4. Jefferson, 18.5. Julio, 18.8. Grog, 19.9. Waddle for 8.8. Washington defense, 2. Prater for 13. This week with this lineup, Rock and Herbert again, even though it's been disappointing. Henry will stay. Robinson will stay as well. Jefferson and Julio. I got Gronk rolling again. The only changes, the only one change is I think I'm going to give Sterling Shepard a chance in my flex this week in that league. I was able to win that. So that's fun. Here we go. Fantasy lineup rundown. Told you the guys I like. Guys I don't. Rondell Moore. It's the guy to go grab in your leagues. Remember, Ron, Dale, more big time so thank you all for tuning into this week's show we had a lot of fun we talked to mlb wildcard last week's college football and this week's college football last week fantasy this week fantasy last week's nfl picks this week this week's nfl picks today's wednesday watch some thursday night football tomorrow keep in tune with this mlb wildcard race it's gonna be exciting i promise basketball and hockey fans hockey see hockey seasons october 13th i believe is first uh, puck drop that's coming up soon nba basketball starts in october as well so right around the corner we're going to get there. Same thing with college football. Remember this weekend, watch football, watch wild card race baseball. It's going to be exciting. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you next Wednesday. Go watch some sports. Seriously, it's going to be a good time. All right, peace.